Hi, I'm Guy. Hey, and I'm Jose. And welcome back for another edition of This Beats It All, a podcast and discussion on the craft of screenwriting presented by Save the Cat. Jose, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing very well, Guy. How about you? I'm doing good. My life slowed down a little bit this weekend, so I had a chance to do something I haven't got a chance to do here lately. It's put in a movie and just sit back and enjoy one for a change. <laughs> That's nice. Always nice to sort of sit down and watch a movie. I had the house myself. I could put in the movie I wanted to watch. I didn't have to ask anybody. It was just a wonderful evening. Oh, man, I wish I could have do that more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, I put in one of those movies that I like to go back to, and, and we all have those handful of movies we can watch again and again, and this one is definitely in that list of mine. Uh, I put in Little Miss Sunshine. Ooh, Little Miss Sunshine. This is definitely, I have to say, one of my favorites all time. Oh, good. Uh, not just, even not just as a movie, but even as a script. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's it, This is one of those, I think, after I watch it, I had to go look for the script yep. and read it as well to see how you know how much they change it and it seemed like well the version of the script that did i did find it was very very true to the to the movie so it seems like they didn't even change it a lot not not that much no i tell you a couple reasons i like it one is just a funny film it's got some wonderful characters to spend you know a couple hours with uh but one thing when you go back and watch it again and again you realize how focused of a movie that that is it really nails its theme from the opening minute to the very closing, it's like it's got that perfect pitch to it. Oh, I definitely agree. I think the one thing that really made this movie great, the reason why it really deserved winning that Oscar for Michael Arndt, the writer, was because of its theme and how you see how it kind of plays throughout the entire movie. Not just, you know, with one person, but really because if you, you know, look Little Miss Sunshine, it's really more of an ensemble kind of story where we have multiple stories of the different you know, cast of characters as if the different members of the family going through but each and every one of them really represented the theme. And I've always felt that, you know, if for those writers who really want to write kind of ensemble stories that have more than just one or two characters going on, the way to make them really work is to have a centralized theme for, for all of them. And clearly, Little Miss Sunshine, you know, it's, it's a great example of that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun watching how each of those characters change over the, the course, some a little bit more than others. But like I said, right from the very start, the dad steps in, voiceover, and really gives us what the theme is almost within the opening minute or two. Oh, yes, definitely. It's like, you know, we open with an opening image where we see all of the young girl watching that little the, the Miss America pageant and kind of mimicking the winner, you know, putting her hands in her mouth and her cheeks, you know, what it would be like to be a Do, winner. Doing her little and wave. It, exactly. And that's, it, it leads to that, like within the second minute, I think, yeah, with Richard, the dad you know, the Greg Kinnear character, talking about his book and his nine-step program of what it is to be a winner and loser, you know, and that really becomes the theme, you know, what it takes to become winners and losers and the difference between that. So let's, and here's a little clip of that, actually, um, so we can listen to, to Richard saying, playing out the theme stated scene. Winners and losers, inside each and every one of you, at the very core of your being is a winner waiting to be awakened and unleashed upon the world with my nine step refuse to lose program you now have the necessary tools and the insights and the know-how to put your losing habits behind you and to go out and make your dreams come true no hesitating no complaining. No excuses. I want you to go out in the world. And I want you to be winners! 
And what I found interesting about that little clip there, the voiceover starts on, we still have the close-up of Olive. So while we're seeing Olive, he's saying there are winners and losers. The first time I saw that, I think, oh, that poor girl. She's she's not a winner, though. Cute kid, but... <laughs> yeah, you, oh, and you no. see... Oh, <laughs> yeah, You see Olive, you know, she's this sweet little girl, but even, you know, but she's got those big, thick rim glasses in her face. She's a little pudgy, you know. Yeah. And all. Yeah. She's not clearly a... The, 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 Just a the cute type kid, of, but... Uh, yeah. Exactly. You know, not the... Not the the type that we would see with all the makeup and all the gowns and all of that, even for all those little Miss America, you know, contests that we see in reality TVs now. She's definitely not that type of a quote-unquote winner. But clearly from what Richard says in his nine-step program, when he, at the end he goes, you know, no excuses, no hesitation. I want you all to go out there and be winners. And that's, you know, you kind of see it in the, in the course of the story, how each and every one of those characters, they were hesitating, making excuses, really not being winners. Through every, really, every scene in the movie plays on that whole idea of you're winning or you're losing. It changes from character to character. Everything from like when Richard sits there telling Olive in that restaurant the first morning out on the road, she wants some ice cream or alamodi. He's like, you know, dear, uh, if you want to be a winner, you probably shouldn't eat ice cream. It's kind of the whole point of his thing. And the the death look he gets from Cheryl, the wife, is great. Every every step away, it's, do you really want to be a winner? Well, if you want to be a winner, you have to do this. And in his mind, every step of the way, winning is a process. He's got his nine steps. If you follow your nine steps, you'll be labeled a winner. He doesn't vary from that up until he finally meets Stan Grossman at the pool and gets shot right through the heart by Stan Grossman. Yeah, it's exactly. It's funny because he's doing all this every moment he can to sort of bring in his book and in his nine-step program even to his own family and they're sick of it yeah exactly and you can clearly see how sick they are you know and it, it the thing is for him to see him their reaction to him shows us how much of a non-winner richard really is and the yeah. fact that he's kind of running after stan grossman you know for his book and all that again you know him just kind of being forced into the situation again Clearly, he's not in a winning situation yet. But even, you know, when we back up and we even first meet all the characters, we meet Frank, mm -hmm. the brother of Cheryl, you know, uh, the Steve Carell character. The first time we meet him, he's in the hospital. He just tried to kill himself. We meet uh, Dwayne, you know, the son. Oh, yeah. Uh, played by Paul Dano. Oh, that's a great and, you know, character. Yeah, exactly. And he's, uh, he's in this vow of silence. You know, so it's, it's also clearly there's still something off about him. Of course, you know, grandpa himself you know the very first time we meet him he's snorting oh, cocaine or or heroin, <laughs> heroin yeah. in their gosh. bathroom <laughs> yeah. so clearly again not a winner you know throughout all of them and, and it's funny because when you first meet him in that first really not just 10 minutes but entire almost like that entire first act right it first is 20 minutes where they're just sitting around and having dinner you know none of them are clearly like you said they're not winners but we're so drawn into their story because if we see this dysfunction going on in the family how truly apart they are from one another. Yeah. It's like, you know, you go to one of your own family reunions and, you know, the uncle and your aunt and somebody starts fighting. You know, there's that awkwardness to it, but you kind of don't want to leave because you just want to listen in and see. Yeah, you're sitting in, you're sitting in with your family while watching their families. It's, it's kind of fun to do that. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same thing with Little Miss Sancha and we get to know them right away. In those first, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes of seeing them, how screwed yeah. up really their, their individual <laughs> lives are. The nice thing about it is it definitely sets us up with what they need to achieve, achieve in their lives to become true winners. Right. And that's, you know, what this journey is all about. That's why it also is a great, you know, golden fleece example 
of having this road that they go through thinking that, you know, we get contests at the end, but they really learn that in this journey, how important they are to one another. And that's what makes them, you know, winners to one another. And what I like, too, is in that third act, it's not an immediate switch. You kind of get to watch them come to this realization, you know, especially the dad, Richard. He's sitting there watching all these other contestants. He's never been to one of these things. He's thinking, yeah, my daughter can win. And within 10, 15 minutes of watching this contest, he realizes my daughter can't win. And he has to, right then and there, change his outlook, his theme on life. You're winners, you're losers. Well, now he's got to admit he's wrong. You don't have to be a winner or a loser. You can just be the daughter up there having fun at it. When they all realize that and get up on that stage and dance together, what a cathartic moment. That was just, you just wanted to stand up and cheer for them. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that's the moment where even us as the audience, we realize that there has really been one true winner in this movie and it has been Olive all along. And despite her seeing the competition she's up against, she does this dance that, you know, her, her, her granddad taught her. It's a really strip piece. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but she doesn't, you know, she doesn't really care. And no. the fact that she just puts herself she out there. She rocks it. Totally rocks it. Exactly. And, you know, and that's what makes them, the rest of the family, realize that, you know, that's how it is to be a winner. Yeah. It, you know, you don't do it according to what other people say you should be doing or, you know, how you should be acting. But it's just yourself putting yourself out there. Olive doesn't care if she wins or loses at that point. She's just yeah. up there having a blast. Yeah, exactly. And that's all she really wanted to do. And for them, like I said, it was a real nice moment for the family to see that and finally defend her when they tried taking her out, down from the stage and join with her dancing and just showing now that, you know, the family is one. Definitely one of my favorite movies for a lot of reasons, but that ranks right up there as one of them. Just that wonderful theme throughout the whole thing. Well, hey, Jose, we're just about out of time for this uh, week around. A couple quick things before we finish up here. Just let folks know you can find us on SaveTheCat.com. Uh, we're under tools. If you're finding us there, you can also find us on iTunes. Just search for Save the Cat. On the Save the Cat website, you know, leave us some comments, uh, some your thoughts on what we've talked about today, as well as any questions you may or suggestions you may have for future podcasts. We'd like to hear from you guys and see what you'd like to hear us talk about. So... With that, hey, Jose, good talking to you again. Hey, same here, guys. So thanks a lot. Hey, you too. Take it easy.